This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans, welcome to Curtain Jerk, and as always, I am your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network, and this, we're just going to start off right now with the G1. I am on that G1 high, I know you guys uh, know about uh, certain highs and things you can get, Uh, people talk about runner's high, um, where you run a lot and ultimately you just get this feeling of euphoria, I feel like every year after the G1 finals, there's this G1 high, we just watched something that we probably will remember for years, we just watched something that made us get really excited early in the morning, uh, Watching Japanese pro wrestling, watching New Japan pro wrestling, and uh, this year's finals held up to that. I do have a G1 high currently. I'm having to record this real quick before I go to work. I'm not going to be able to record Monday because I'm going to the Appalachian Mountains for like a little getaway with uh, my girlfriend. And uh, I wasn't able to record earlier this week because I wanted to wrap up the G1 and have that be the lead into this big Curtain Jerkin episode today. So as you guys know, we've been going through and talking about what personally is my top 10 matches for this G1. And I got to say, the uh, A Block and B Block finals left... um, a little to be desired in my uh, in my eyes. Not a lot of them got into the top ten. The only one here, Tai Chi versus Bushi. That match set up the match that we saw this morning, the finals. So it was good in its own right, and then it set up more matches. So it gets top ten, and that means Tai Chi has two matches in the top ten this year. Number nine, Tai Chi versus Ishii. I would say that Tai Chi had his best three matches that I've ever seen him in in this tournament. So that's saying something. I would say breakout star of this tournament for me, Tai Chi. Number eight, Okada Ishii. Number seven, Suzuki Ishii. Number six, Okada Ibushi. Number five, Naito versus Tanahashi. And probably an overrated match. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Uh, Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. Number three, Ibushi Suzuki. Number two, Ibushi Sonata. The finals from today, that means that no one took Abushi Ishii from the top spot. That's number one in the tournament. But let's go back and talk about these finals, guys. This was an amazing match. Masa Chono out there uh, before the match, cutting a little promo about just how awesome New Japan is and the G1 is. Abushi versus Sonata, the two finalists. Sonata bridging out of a headlock and early going, thought that was pretty cool. Also thought the drop kick. Abushi tries to uh, duck under a drop kick, but a Sonata catches him with an elbow as he's rolling out the ring. Um, I don't know if this was planned or anything like that, but it would definitely show that these two guys are giving it their all. Huge forearm battle at the early going here. Sonata going after the leg. 
Magic Screw, one, two Ibushi kicks out. Sonata springboard into, it looked like was going to be a missile drop kick, but Ibushi catches him into a sit-down powerbomb, but he can't go for the pin. He's taken the Magic Screw. He's gone through too much scrutiny and pain in this match. Both men down. Another sit-down powerbomb by Ibushi. Both men down again. Ibushi fires up, but Sonata counters, catches Ibushi in the skull in. Ibushi struggling. Sonata lets go of it to land a moonsault. No one home. Both men down again. Sonata goes for moonsault, hits it, goes up twice. Moonsault knees up from Ibushi. Big driver by Ibushi. One, two. Sonata kicks out. Roll up by Sonata. One, two. He kicks out bridging roll up this time. One, two, Abushi kicks out again. Crowd audibly gasps right here. They know they're supposed to be quiet. They know they're supposed to scream in their hearts and clap with their hands. And they've been doing it all tournament, but here they could not hold, they collectively could not hold back their emotion. You heard an audible gasp. That was super fucking cool. Abushi then hits. The Kimura, one, two, or Kamagoye, sorry, one, two, Sonata kicks out, hits another Kamagoye, one, two, three, Abushi gets the G1, three years in a row in the finals, two finals victories, he's going to the Dome, him and Naito, people say a lot about their matches over the years, people love them, people think they're a little too violent, but I tell you what, I enjoy the hell out of them. And if you're only having to uh, fill up a quarter of the dome, why not settle a big rivalry? Because you're not having to do this marquee one-time only matchup with a quarter of what you usually, you know, you've been selling out the past few years. They also announced today that they're going back to the super, the the uh, Tokyo Dome. January 4th and January 5th again this year. So they're doing two main events. I'm thinking uh, Ibushi, Naito, one of those main events. And then maybe, who knows? I mean, you got you can do Kenta versus Moxley on one of those cards. I know Chris Jericho needs to uh, fulfill a few dates on one of these cards. You can have him go up against Evil. You can have him go up against Jay White. But beyond these, uh, like, uh, I would say, like, AEW, like, band-aids you can put on the show to fill the card, you can also do, like, Okada Tanahashi for the, what X, you know, whatever time it is for, you know, it's a classic. It's the Randy Orton, John Cena. It's the, uh, okay, let's go back to square one again. I mean, you do have Okada versus Osprey. With Okada's new faction forming and everything like that, I mean, that guy kind of uh, reminded everybody how good he was this tournament, and now he has his own faction with his girlfriend and fresh off of Excursion Bodyguard. If that doesn't go all the way to the Tokyo Dome, Okada's going to need to wrestle somebody, and Tanahashi just lost a tag team partner, so... Looking into the holidays, I want to see where they're putting those guys because that's going to be pretty cool. I think they should maybe do the G1 in the fall every year because then we're going right into World Tag League, Best of Super Juniors, and then we're going right into the Dome. So the G1 um, victory is more fresh in my mind. 
I wouldn't mind seeing the tournament like this every year. Those who have been listening to Curtain Jerkin during this entire G1 know we've been emphasizing the first match, just like we always do on Curtain Jerkin, guys. We are talking about the Curtain Jerker of the show, the first match, and this G1, it was particularly interesting to follow along with the first match because it only was three young lines, Gabriel Kidd, Yuya, and Yoda, uh, wrestling each other every single week, or every single, not even week, every like every show. And they were a part of the ring crew, so they're taking down the ring, setting it up, being in the B-block shows, being in the A-block shows. So they were wrestling more than people in the G1. And uh, Kid versus Yoya here, they were both trading arm bars. Kid takes down, goes after the legs, and then applies the Immolock to Yoya. Yoya struggling here. Yoya breaks free. Uh, and then kind of stands back up again, ends up back down though, Kid bringing him back down, picks up the pace, one, two, Yoya kicks out, Yoya not allowing him to uh, land that butterfly suplex he's known for until he happens to hit a regular suplex, one, two, Yoya kicks out, he goes for that butterfly suplex again, they struggle both. Then Kid bitch slaps Yoya. Big strike battle. Kid does it again. Yoya super pissed as anyone would be. Kid hits a drop kick. One, two. Yoya kicks out. Tries to hit that finish, but then Yoya bitch slaps him back. Arm drag. Big bridging belly to belly. One, two, three. Yoya wins. This match was amazing. The next curtain jerker we got is Yoya. Versus Yuda, neck and neck here in the early going. Yoda takes him down, or Yuya takes him down, goes for a pin, one, two, Yuda breaks free, back into a submission, Yuda fires up and just tosses him, strikes by Yuda, Yoya just trying to get him in an armbar, trying to bring him down. Yoda catches him into a Boston Crab. Yoda in trouble. Yoda then bridges back. Yoda uh, throwing bows, trying to get out of it. Bitch slap by Yoda. Spear by Yoda. Scream by Yoda. Big uh, slam by Yoda. Boston Crab. Yoda taps out this time. And that means that Yoda... Won the G1 C block, as Chris Charlton calls it on commentary. Um, but he beat all the other young lions. Statistically, he had five wins to, at this time, Yoya's four and Gabriel Kidd's three. So the uh, B block finals, the final day that Gabriel Kidd could get second place, and Yoda wants to have, or Yuya wants to have significant second place. So they're going at it the last day. So lo and behold, all these shows lead up to who is getting second place here and it was a solid matchup trading wrist locks test of strength yuya bridging and catching gabriel kid going after the arm kid in trouble he starts going after the leg yoya then in trouble roll up one two kid kicks out roll up one two yuya kicks out strike battle yuya yells eats a drop kick butterfly suplex one two three gabriel kid gets the victory so it's four four five so no clear loser but uh, a clear winner in yoda uh, he's going places i want to see where he's going with excursion will there be an excursion for him Be- 
because it it looks like you know with uh international borders being more locked down than ever uh wrestling shows being more scarce than ever they push these three guys why not keep them on your show for a little bit build them up through the show don't have an excursion for them i don't know i'm just uh brainstorming here what you do with this guy because he's more over than ever what do you do with gabriel kidd what do you do with yoya all these questions should be answered I want to see them in the Tokyo Dome. Can we get a triple threat match in the Tokyo Dome? These guys have been killing it all G1 long, and I don't want to see it end here. I also don't want to see the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament end. We did have a few matches since last time we spoke. I'm going to review those for you guys. The first match is Jay Lethal versus David Finley trading wrist locks here. Finally, going after the leg of Lethal. Lethal gets up. Lethal brings Finley down. Shoulder tackle by Finley. Counter for counter here. Lethal ends up outside frustrated. Lethal gets Finley outside. Lethal goes for a dive. Finley dodges just as Lethal was about to jump outside. Lethal thinks better of it. Finley going after Jay's back. Jay goes up top. David goes up to meet him, cuts him off. Spear, one, two, lethal kicks out. Finley stays on him. Lethal uses the bottom rope, uses that one rope break to get free. Battled on the apron. Springboard drop kick, dives by Finley. Jay goes up top. No, no one there. Lethal injection, one, two, three. Jay lethal advances in this pure title tournament no surprise there but fantastic fantastic match matt taven comes back out frog splash through a table i wonder what's going to happen with him when uh we uh kind of come back they're doing this roh bubble which seems pretty interesting they're getting all their uh, wrestlers and talent just like the nba to uh, stay under one roof and also film some taping i think that's a, a good way to do it they already do a uh, bulk tapings anyways and why not do it under this setting i like this setting for ring of honor i think it brings us uh, uh, seriousness to the show where things like uh nxt and uh, things like that where they had a little bit more of a production. It kind of stands out a little bit more not to have a crowd. But I think that these guys uh, play to their strengths and hide their weaknesses well as far as this uh, no crowd setting for Ring of Honor. We did get Jonathan Gresham versus Matt Seidel. Gresham going after the arm, stays on him. Uh, wearing him down, going after the foot even. Seidel fires back. He goes after the leg of Gresham. Gresham counters. He's in control. Pace picks up. Head scissors, arm drag, and Seidel goes after the arm of Gresham. Roll up one, two. Gresham kicks out. Seidel going after that arm even more. Gresham hits a back elbow. Seidel down. Spin kick by Seidel. Gresham down. One, two. Gresham kicks out. Standing Sinton. One, two. No. One, two. Again, no. Both men regroup. Going after the Cobra Clutch. Big kick. Gresham going after, going for the surfboard. And Seidel taps out. Jonathan Gresham advances in the tournament. So some ROH staples moving forward. 
Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the finals. This is the tag team champions here. Um, I see big things for uh, f- for these guys in this tournament, and I think this is just solidifying who's over in Ring of Honor. Matt Taven comes out. Jonathan Gresham wins. Jay Lethal wins. This is just kind of just re-showcasing stars you already built pre-pandemic. I enjoyed the show like I always do. I also enjoyed the Wednesday Night Wars for this week. And since this podcast is on a little bit of a delay this week, I'm not going to bore you with maybe a thorough rundown. I'm just going to run down all the wrestling. Sometimes there's 10 matches. Usually there's 11 matches. But this week, this week there was 12 matches on the Wednesday Night Wars between NXT and AEW combined. Number 12, Tony Storm versus Aaliyah. I mean, it wasn't designed to be a good match. Neither was Ashanti versus Atlas, uh, Miro and Kip versus Lee and Maluto, uh, Killian Dane versus Imperium. I guess that was the top tier squash match. It was really high up in the card and it had a little bit of story development. Gargano versus Theory, number eight. Sheeta versus Swole, number seven. Priest versus Dexter, number six. Undisputed Era versus Birch and Lorcan, number five. Number four, FTR versus Best Friends, number three, Mox versus Archer. Number two, Orange Cassidy versus Cody Rhodes, and that makes number one, Shauncey Blackheart versus Candice LeRae. Very rare, extremely rare, that a ladies match gets number one in the top ten. I'm not sure why, guys. Don't, uh, you know, don't uh, speculate here. Because today is a celebration, Shauncey and Candice, top match in all of the Wednesday Night Wars. Let me know your top 12 in the comments below, or hit me up on Twitter at JG Pro Wrestling, or go to my Instagram page at JG Picture Taken, and there I am sure you will find a lot of details about where and how you can get a curtain jerking baseball tee. They're flying off the shelves. Christmas is coming up, guys. Do not let your loved one who loves this show sleep nestled under the tree without a uh, curtain jerking baseball tee or whatever. You know what the hell I'm trying to say. And as always, curtain jerking's main event is main event. We had two big matches as always. And the first one, Drew Gulak versus Titus O'Neil. Very, very interesting matchup here. Big chop battle to start things off. Gulak gets tossed, not once, but twice. Big scoop slam by Titus. Gulak tries to apply the octopus, but fails. Titus breaks free. Drop kick by Gulak. One, two. Titus kicks out. Gulak stays on him all the way till he gets hit by the clash of the Titus. One, two, three. Titus O'Neil gets the victory here. Titus O'Neil staple of main event. Another staple of main event is Akira Tozawa, and he goes up against yet another staple of main event, Humberto Carrillo. Akira applies the arm lock. Carrillo counters. Tozawa counters. It's a stalemate. The early going crossbody off the apron. Humberto catches Tozawa, throws him into the apron. Humberto goes off top. Akira Tozawa gets hit. Standing senton suplex by 
Humberto here. Big cannonball senton by uh, Tazawa. I love this cannonball senton that he does. Uh, it's really cool. He just literally grabs his legs or knees and just kind of jumps at him. Tazawa goes for the octopus lock. He locks it in. Humberto breaks free. Huge kick by Tazawa. Reverse rolling thunder. One, two. Tazawa kicking out. Big slam. One, two, three. Humberto gets the victory here. That is the main event of Curtain Jerk, and it is main event. Let me know what you guys think of the finals. Hit me up. Let me know what you guys think about the top ten. As always, guys, fly high. I'm out.